0: Welcome in to Locked On, Knicks. The Knicks have won seven straight games. 109-106 to over the Indiana Pacers is the latest. And I am joined by the Strickland Zach Delizio to break it down today. Why the big three is big three and what things we're excited about with this, this recent stretch of play. And me retelling a story about when I sat next to Malika Andrews at MSG for like the 40th time on this podcast. But maybe someone will hear it for the first time next on Locked On, Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he
1: comes right now. Starts, without a five. Ewing for the rim, yes! Hubs left, now
0: fires it. He's good, and he's fouled! and he's fouled! Anthony for three! Infectious. all right welcome in to locked on knicks today's episode is brought to you by prize picks first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 dollars with promo code locked on that's prizepicks.com promo code locked on and i wanted to thank you for making locked on knicks your first listen today and every day with you. you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform, or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. I'm Alex Wolf, I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's site, like The Strickland, which you can find at the strict.land. And I'm joined by one of my Strickland cohorts, Zach Delizio. You might know him as at ZJDelizio on Twitter. You also might know him from our, our podcast that we do together, uh, although it feels a little more niche than this podcast, but Nick's mail.bag yeah. for The Strickland, which we do uh, like twice a month-ish. Uh, maybe more like once a month, I don't know, whatever, ideally twice a month. And uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about the Knicks and the Pacers. Zach, I guess I'll throw it to you first, since you're the guest and people hear from Gavin and I all the time, and you've got plenty of interesting thoughts about the team. I mean, what is something that when you were watching this game stood out to you? Uh, you know, the Knicks grind this one out 109 to 106 over the Pacers. This was a little different from the win on Friday where they sort of commanded the game against the Bulls and almost like embarrassed the Bulls a little bit with how yeah. badly they beat them. This one was this one took it right down to the wire and I think the the Knicks showed a little something different in this game as far as close game intestinal fortitude and being able to really like close out a team that that clearly seemed to have at least somewhat have their number throughout the night but just kind of proving in the end like no we could pull this out we can get the defensive stops. We can make clutch yeah. free throws. We can get you know, the plays that we need to get this thing done.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, you said it, really. Um, what stood out to me was really, it is that grit, right? Because it's easy when your shots are falling. It's easier. It's easier to play with confidence. A uh, day like today where no one really had it going from three, uh, it was a grind. The whole game was just a grind. They played fantastic defense. The Knicks played physical basketball across the board. Mitchell Robinson in particular was dominant down low uh, as a physical presence and these are the type of games where – this is the type of games that good teams win is the thing. And the record now is starting to show it. The point differential starts to show it. The Pacers are also a good team. And this is – I think they said on the broadcast, this sounds crazy to me, but I think they said it was six straight away wins, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, I, I think that was the number. And they. Clyde always loves to point out that the Knicks uh, kind of play – better on the road than they do at home uh and he can never see to wrap his brain around like i don't understand how you don't take advantage of msg which i sort of agree with to do well, when, uh,
1: when they come back they're, they're gonna be rolling and, and yeah. this crowd is gonna be ready for it and yeah. if they keep it going it's oh, man it could be fun yeah
0: i mean christmas sure. week stands to be a fun one this week, leading mm-hmm. up to the the Christmas Day game, uh, that nobody in the league or nobody that covers the league thought the Knicks deserved going into the season, and got very mad about. Except for the Knicks are probably going to be going into that game about three, four, five games over five hundred at this oh. point. Uh, but you know, we're not we're not rubbing that in at all. Um, <laughs> instead, we'll talk about this game. I mean, I thought that it was just a another fantastic performance from the the big three. Uh, I saw a lot of people on Twitter used to like calling them the mid three. The
1: mid three. I think that's
0: funny, honestly. Although... <laughs> it, it, it is. It is funny, but now it's it's starting to feel a little silly. Because uh-huh. I mean, this is like, I don't. Are we at like what five? Six, uh, maybe every single game of this win streak that all three guys have played pretty damn good basketball. Oh, like maybe RJ right. had one lower scoring game in there somewhere, but yeah. I mean, thirty points for Brunson. 25 for Randall, 24 for RJ. Uh, Randall, you know, didn't have his best shooting performance, but once again, just kind of was doing all the little things, which has kind of become his staple now. It's, it's, it's great seeing him care every minute of the game that he's playing. Um, RJ, I thought had a, another really good performance and, you know, is finally starting to sort of figure things out. Uh, he's looks
1: so much better. He has his athleticism yeah. back. I really – maybe he's just playing his way into shape. I know I read something about – he said because he was playing with the national team or something. Was he playing with Canada in the offseason? He was saying something about how he was a little uh, tired because of something he did in the offseason. Maybe I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but he's rounding into shape. He looks good now. He looked very slow at points in the beginning of the season that were very concerning, and that's gone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it always seems to be something with him. It was, yeah. <laughs> whether it was the Canadian national team, whether it which he did play. I think there was like a FIBA tournament, if I recall, uh, okay. over the summer, which was going to help determine something for the Olympics or something like that. Um, so, yeah, he did play in that. He had the whatever sickness it was this year. I forget oh, what the, the
1: annual sickness.
0: <laughs> yeah. The annual sickness that seems to sap his, uh, his his game well, now away he but hurt. yeah now he's
1: good now he's really good he's been fantastic
0: yeah I mean it's just kind of how it goes with him it's like the first 20 games or so it almost feels like you have to throw out now you yeah. know it's like every single year we go through this and I wish that that wouldn't be the case one of these years and I'll still stand by that but well, he does look fantastic
1: Porzingis, right for used to start start hot and then just completely fall off the map.
0: yeah I'll I guess that's that's, I this guess is this is preferable.
1: Yeah. <laughs> At least this will go into the playoffs. You know what I mean? If yeah. they make the playoffs, and RJ will be good when it matters.
0: Call this the, the reverse Porzingis, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I thought that it was a fantastic game for him. I love the finishing from him has been like top tier lately, I think. Yeah. You know, that's been the biggest hit. Like this game, he's, he managed to score 24 and he didn't hit a single three, which yeah. is very telling. You know, 10 of 19 shooting, 4 or 5 from the free throw line. You know, that free throw shooting is finally coming around for him and for Randall, which is great. And he he does. He has that. Do you think it's like, to my eye, it's like the first step is kind of what's back for him. Like, yeah, I think. Well,
1: he, he The thing is, he is never the fastest player, right? But he combines mm-hmm. his incredible strength with just enough quickness and just enough speed. So when he had that strength, but not the speed, he doesn't really get around guys at all. Uh, and it looks particularly bad because he's not really that kind of athlete, right? But now that he's got just that little bit of extra burst back, he's like, I mean, I thought he took Turner to the rim a couple of times nicely, made a couple of good decisions. He's he's just, he looks more spry and it's really helped him.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i with you, man. Like, I, I think that, I think with him, it's always just, yeah, it's to your point, everything has to be fine-tuned to the nth degree. Like, if he's not, At 100% of his capacity for like burst, like first step burst, he's going to struggle to create that that small window of space that he needs to finish a certain play. But then there's even certain other things, too, that like in this game, you know, every once in a while, like, you know, obviously he has like leaping ability because he's in the NBA and he's like 22 years old. Like he's he could definitely like dunk and stuff. He doesn't often when he show lane. it.
1: But... Yeah, where he gets a lane. He's just a – he's weirdly he's really ground-bound for someone who can get – I mean, he had a dunk like that tonight, didn't he?
0: Yeah, exactly. I was just about to right. reference that. I'm like, you know, that's like the biggest proof to me. Like, okay, the he's feeling good right now physically. Yeah. Is like when he gets one of those like blow-by dunks and just gets in the middle of the lane – and Randall had one in this game Randall too. Randall
1: had one too. That was like <laughs> LeBron. He has yeah. – he did that more in the 2020-2021 in the season. We we're like, mm-hmm. wow, that was very well, but I'm like, he's kinda there was a little bit of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And RJ too. I mean, just the, the explosion to get into yeah, the lane, explosion. finish with the left hand strong. And I mean, in RJ's case, he uh he drew a foul on it too. And did a fantastic on
1: that throughout the game and the season in general.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love it. I I I thought it was a fantastic game for RJ and and I hope. That this is something that he can continue building on. Yeah, he However, had the highest we
1: plus minus, despite playing the most minutes, which is an interesting dichotomy.
0: Also, got, if you want to look at the plus minus, what's so kind of weird too is he got a lot of time with the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And yet, most of the guys on the bench were minuses. Well, so
1: what, I think what Tibbs did, interestingly, was he made a slight adjustment to the lineup where he was playing uh, Hartenstein and, and Hartenstein, sorry, and Sims. Uh, and he put in RJ. I can't remember if he did a last game or not, but he put in RJ uh, because that lineup really just doesn't have a lot of shot creation. So mm-hmm. quickly didn't really have it again uh, for the most part. So they needed someone to do something because Deuce isn't going to do it. So he started putting RJ in there and he fits a, the very physical style that lineup. Like he was doing a great job there. Uh, and that unit was working when he was there and it was working less well when he was not. And I think that might single-handedly be the reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it might be. I mean – it, whatever it was, it worked in this game. Like mm-hmm. I thought that RJ had just the right amount of time with the bench to sort of be that that facilitator and kind of get his opportunity. I mean, there were times when he was out there at the bench unit when it seemed like the ball was in his hands almost every single possession. Yeah. And Yeah, exactly. And, and that's
1: and good. It, we should be giving him the, that opportunity in those bench
0: units. And, and it worked out to really great effect, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think those were probably his best minutes of the game because down the stretch – as good as his overall game was, he did have a little bit of struggles down the stretch. I think he started yeah. like eight of 10 and then finished 10 of 19. So,
1: yeah, um, and, that'll have any mysteries, but he also played yeah. fantastic defense.
0: He um, did, which is the biggest difference, you know, yes, that's the biggest exactly. thing. Like him and
1: Grimes but, together, they are on a string. It is incredible to watch sometimes. They really
0: yeah, when they're they at their home. best and yep. when RJ's at his best, for yep. sure. Exactly. Um, but we've we've somehow gone this whole time without even. Talking about Jalen Brunson yet. Exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, which,
0: which we'll have to do in just a quick moment. But I do, real quick, have to remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. And, you know, I really like Prize Picks, Zach, because it is one of the best ways to play Danley Fantasy these days. I used to always play with some of those other companies back in the day. And they take like a $20 entry from you, and then you use their little system where you pick guys that are worth certain dollar amounts and whatever. And then you get like a budget, but then you're up against like 20,000 other real life players. And then you realize when the scoring starts coming out that like one guy bought like 5,000 entries and put this like perfect entry that he mathematically figured out, blah, blah, blah. It's a load of crap. And quite frankly, that's why I like prize picks so much better. It's just you versus the projected odds available, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. It works pretty easily. You pick two to six players, and if they will score more or less than their prize picks projection, uh, you don't compete against other people. And they offer projections on any sport that you watch, which includes here comes the big list. The NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. You can make an entry in sixty seconds or less. It really is that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals, and probably my favorite feature: you can do cross-sport entries. So if you want to bet, uh, you know the the Jets, the Giants, and the Knicks all on a Sunday and uh, pick various lines that they're going to do, like R.J. Barrett over 20 points and Zach Wilson under uh, 85 pass yards. You could do that <laughs> in one single entry. And... PrizePix is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And, Today's show is also brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace, With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. You can book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Maybe you celebrate winning huge on prize picks and go take a luxury car out for a spin. You can find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Or you can test drive that new electric vehicle, vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. All right, Zach, we are back with Locked On Knicks to talk more about this game and more specifically to talk about Jalen Brunson, who we barely talked about in that first segment at all, Uh, but he ends with 30 points on 11 to 22 shooting three of three from three, five of five from the free throw line. The man is an absolute beast. Uh, and two steals, which I thought I was very impressed down the stretch. Probably my favorite play from Brunson was, I mean, he had had a couple of kind of rough defensive possessions in this game. Uh, he got actually, you know, they actually noted on the broadcast, like Tibbs was kind of chewing him out once or twice, which is weird because he doesn't normally do that to anyone over the age of 25. Um, but, you know, he, he did with Brunson, and, but like Brunson down the stretch, you know, he first hits a three to the Knicks were down 106 to 99, I think. They were
1: down six, but that felt like the verge of being completely out of control. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: yeah. Or sorry, wait, it was one o one o four to 98. That was what it was. Because then they went on an 11 and 2 run to win the game. And so they're down 104 to 98. Brunson comes down, hits a clutch three, and then not like three seconds later, plays the pass lane to perfection, oh. gets a steal and runs it down the other end. Quick five point swing, one man wrecking crew, and gets them within a point. Yeah, and then, play. and then I'll get to Julius in the next segment probably. But then Julius hits six straight free throws to ice the game. Well, the first honestly to win the game for the Knicks, I'm just it yeah. like he yeah. first got them in the lead and then secured the the final result for them. Uh, but Zach, uh, Gavin and I talk about all the time about Brunson and how amazingly effortless he makes uh, being like six foot nothing and (laughs) exactly (laughs) like just cooking everybody with a pulse in the NBA look. Yeah, what did you see in this game? Like, is there one or two things you saw that you really loved out of him in this particular game?
1: Oh, yeah, it's the three point shooting because it's been the last two games, right? All of a sudden, Mm -hmm. if he's even for his starting to begin the season, we're seeing everything from two point range. Uh, we're seeing the stuff in the paint that you're he's always gonna have, but he was not hitting three, right? And now, these last two games, what he's gonna be like eight of nine, right? In the last two games, or has he missed a three at all? I'm not sure. Uh, it's he, incredibly in, impressive.
0: In the last game, he was six of nine, before that, he was three of it. six, and in this game, three of three. So yeah.
1: So, all of a sudden, you get some regression to the mean, and he's obviously not going to shoot that hot. But if you, he shoots a lot of pull ups, right? And if you could get him to 35, 36% on those pull ups, in addition to what he already has, man, that's not a huge part of his game historically. Not a huge part. It's still, I don't think, will be a huge part. But if it gives, if you get that added dimension, man, he's already, he's already such a good player that it's, it's great to see those balls starting to go down.
0: Yeah, it makes you start to think like what's going to hold him back from being an all-star potentially. Like I mean if if those start shots the shots start going down and he starts, you know, uh, averaging, I mean, I think if he's if he's hitting even 40% of his threes for an extended period of time, I mean, what's going to stop him from averaging like 25, 26 a game then Although, if
1: you suddenly start shooting 40%, yeah, he would be
0: yeah, uh, because be the only thing
1: missing. he's already efficient.
0: Yeah, like thus far this year he is at oh, I was just looking up his most updated. He's at wow, he's shooting 37.3% right now from 34. That was years.
1: honestly probably from the last 3 games. I know he was at like 32 like a, yeah. like a week or two ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean he's really he's he's just absolutely raising his average. he's the last since probably like the Portland game, I think he's he's raised that quite a bit. You know, he's had a, a number of pretty good shooting performances since then that have really raised that average up. But if he can keep that going, there's nothing stopping him from averaging like 25 and 6. And it's huge. The whole team is
1: like that, right? The whole team's been shooting yeah. poorly from three, and we're suddenly starting to get a little bit of positive regression, and mm-hmm. they go on a seven-game win streak. And, like, there's still more where that yeah. came from. RJ missed a lot. The whole team missed a lot of overshots tonight. They still ground out in a way win. Last year we a road trip it's amazing it's good stuff they're playing like a good team
0: yeah they are and and it's you know it's great when they can absorb bad performances now like that's kind of like the hallmark of an actually good team where you're not so reliant on one player having a good game that it completely sinks you if they don't like there were times where if julius had gotten a pretty inefficient 25 points like he did in this game that that would have spelled death for the Knicks because it would have been like, well, if he's not being, you know, efficient, and I mean, he did get to the free throw line quite a bit, although six of those attempts came in the last minute or so of the game. But still counts. like, no points, still counts. But I mean, yeah. just in the in the scope of like looking at what he did throughout the whole game, uh-huh. three three uh, foul line trips came in the last last minute or so. But like, you know, there were times where if a, a game like this, scoring the ball from Julius, would have been like, well, I guess that's pretty much it. But It's the nice thing of having three guys in Brunson, Randall, and Barrett that, maybe while not perfect, at least most nights, every single one of them can give you volume points. You know, like they can volume shoot their way to a decent number of points one way or another. But it seems like at least one, if not two of them, are always going to end up being having an efficient night, even if one of them is having an off night. And
1: that's because they're they're learning to play off each other. It's finally kind of Mm -hmm. paying off. Like we had a couple. Times the other night where Brunson got the ball off, hit Julius kick out. And then it's, I mean, it's unfair. He's used to beating guys one-on-one and creating his advantage. Now he gets to be a closeout. Man, he takes advantage of that. And they kind of do that night to night. It shifts around. And they're still finding that balance. But they're getting better at it. And each of them has, I mean, the fact that they can have this kind of balanced scoring and they get nothing from the bench and you win this game. I mean, they they carried them is the reality. They carried them. The Pacers are a great team, but they're a good team, and they're they're not nearly as bad as everyone thought they were. They're a five hundred team winning a five hundred beating a five hundred team on the road is never nothing. And you got it with no, with no one had anything going really.
0: Yeah, um, and I mean, it's sort of becoming the story though that like these three guys are really. Oh yeah, they've been like the catalyst now for for at least this whole win streak like i mean you're looking at you look at the last few games i mean like it, you you're gonna get some some better performances out of like grimes from time to time like in the, that first bulls game grimes had um you know the 22 points and you know sometimes like quickly i will have like 12 or whatever but like for the most part it's been at least two out of the three scoring 25 or more. And in many cases, like tonight, like in, and uh, I think the the second Bulls game was like this and one other game recently where they all had like 22 or more or 24 or more, something like that, starting to become more commonplace. And it, it is, I think it is really finally them learning how to properly play off one another. And it, it is starting to really come together. Like they're starting to find their spots as far as spotting up, as far as okay, I'm driving this possession. Get the hell out of the way. Like I'm gonna kick it out, and you be out there waiting for it. And then okay, like I know that the defense is probably gonna close on me. So okay, RJ, you be waiting in the corner for the pass, and then yeah, you'll get. And to they take still,
1: the they still me, there's there's meat on both. You know what I mean? They still yeah. have times where Randall ducks in when someone's driving because they were not on the same page of where the play was going. Well, well, that, that still happens. And, and you, you said, you said Randall's
0: name. I want to talk about him too, but let me just yeah. ask you one more thing before we wrap this segment Absolutely. up. Like, am I right in saying too, part of that symbiosis that they're showing now, I think, is figuring out how to work Mitch into this equation too, where it never really, to me, feels like Mitch is in the way anymore. It feels like he's always just right where he needs to be for the offensive rebound to... Sort of put it back
1: up. I think it's, I think it's less, I think you're right. I think the reason for that is not because Mitch is necessarily in different places, but because Mitch is actually like in shape and playing hard. That's literally all he needs to do. Like people can't leave him because then he gets in a spot on the offensive glass and he wins everything. So that's where his like spacing comes from, right? Spacing just means you can't help off a guy. If you help off him and he's in a dunker spot. He's going to get that rebound. Is the thing. So you have to be careful. You have to play it a little more. At the beginning of the season, he wasn't really – he just didn't play with force, really. And now he's playing with force. And he's, he was so important tonight. Today? Today? Tonight?
0: <laughs> Whatever. I'm Same difference. Anyway, all right. Well, let's talk about Randall and, and maybe Mitch more in the next segment. But, Zach, I do have to quickly remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN – So we all know ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Maybe you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. This will change your world, or perhaps, Zach, like you, You want to watch the Knicks on League Pass, but you have to make your computer think you're somewhere else. Uh, (laughs) So ExpressVPN allows you to binge The Office on UK Netflix. You can watch The Office on Netflix again. It's so simple to do. You sign in to Netflix, fire up the ExpressVPN app, change your location to the UK, refresh, refresh Netflix, and that is it. ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located you can choose from almost 100 different countries so just imagine all the netflix libraries you can go through if you love korean dramas you can use expressvpn to parasite off of south korean netflix with your netflix subscription man ExpressVPN people got puns on puns, uh, but it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service: Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD with no problem. ExpressVPN also works on all your devices: phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want on the big screen or on the go. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on right now. And you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on expressvpn.com slash locked on to learn more. All right, we're back two locked on Knicks to finish talking about this game. And uh, Zach, I teased this in the intro and I teased this to you before we started recording. I get to retell my like, I met Malika Andrews before she was super famous story, which longtime listeners of the show have probably heard like a million times, but I always just think it's a funny story. So, and it, it always, I always think of it after Pacers games, because this was from a Pacers game and this game, I really think it brings a full circle. So this doesn't feel gratuitous, but so it was almost like, this exact time, right? It was it was uh I guess a little earlier. It would have been like late November of 2019, because it was uh Fizdale had just been fired and yeah. Mike Miller was taking over in his very first game as Knicks coach, and they were facing the Indiana Pacers at home at MSG, and of course, you know, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle. Alfred Payton everybody's favorite everybody was on the roster you know (laughs) our our long lost favorite son Alfred Payton um and I I remember I was there with Sports Illustrated that was when I had the pleasure of, of writing for them a little bit uh during that season and so I was in the press box and I was sitting next to malika andrews who was there and she just uh, i think she was just like taking in the game maybe she was working on a story like afterwards need to talk some players or something but she was mostly just taking in the game i'm sitting there i'm like taking my notes whatever and uh it was a really tight game and it came down to the last couple possessions and i distinctly remember uh it came down to julius randall got fouled and had the opportunity to tie the game by making both free throws and send it to overtime because there was like a second left on the clock. So like, there was pretty much outside of if he missed the first one, I guess he could try to uh, miss the second one and then, you know, get a put back or whatever, Um, which was what ended up happening. Um, But so (laughs) I'm sitting there and Malika Andrews is sitting next to me. and, And I'm like, I always tried to play it cool a little bit and be like, no, I'm here as media. I should not be like gesticulating and acting like a fan the whole time. <laughs> but I'm sitting there and like he got fouled and I was like, oh god. And I'm <laughs> like, oh no. And Malika Andrews turns to me. She's like, Do you think he's gonna make them? And I was like, I literally like laughed in her face. I was like, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> they both or like, what's that? They miss both are just one. He missed the first one and I just I just like sighed. And then he tried to intentionally miss the second one and get it put back oh, and of okay. course it didn't work. And they lost the game by two points. If if my memory is serving me correctly. Either way, all I know is they missed at least one of them. I'm fairly certain he missed both though. Either way, he didn't make them. And the Knicks did not send it to overtime and they lost that first game in the Mike Miller era, which felt like still a huge moral victory at the time because India was pretty good at that time. Uh but that's that's why I, I uh, sat next to Malika Andrews at MSG before she was famous story. But the reason I tell that, well, I shouldn't say before she was famous. She was definitely still like, she, was, she had bylines on ESPN.com at that point, but she didn't like literally have her own show at that point yet. Um, but the reason I bring that up is because what a change four years makes, right? Yeah. Like, Or th- I guess three years, technically speaking. It's weird how the seasons have lined up since Because of the COVID season. No, I guess that's right. 2019, 2020, 2021. I guess it's been four years. Um, But like just the fact that in this game, Julius Randle first off gets the opportunity to put the Knicks ahead down the stretch of the game. He gets fouled and gets on, on the line for two free throws to tie it, which is very reminiscent of that game all those years ago in his first season with the Knicks and cans both free throws, puts them up by one. And then gets fouled again, goes up there and makes two more free throws. And then gets fouled one more time and cans two more free throws. I thought – I know it's kind of silly considering all the other amazing things that he's done in his time with the Knicks, like between the 20-21 to 21 season with how good he's playing right now, some of the stuff that he does on a nightly basis and you know the passes and the, the shots and whatever. I thought this was maybe – the most star worthy thing that Julius Randall has done oh. in his time with the Knicks, like to go up there and make six straight free throws. Like even LeBron struggles with that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I it know. was, it was clutch as hell.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. It was difficult
1: to do six times in a row in that, yeah. in that kind of pressure.
0: Yeah. It's just fantastic. Really?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I I, what, I don't know. I've been I've been having a hard time putting my finger on exactly what made him turn around this time. You mean like so far this season? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just such a – he, he has such like Jekyll and Hyde energy that – Well, yeah. Three yeah. weeks ago, like, everybody in the world was ready to just be like, we just got this guy off the damn team already. Like, we're ready to move on. And now it's like – I feel like he's, like, indispensable again. Well, so, Alex,
1: like, I'm glad you bring this up because I, as the ardent Julius Randle defender, who i made fun of quite a bit, feel like I can take a pretty good stand here. He was always playing better this year. It was just that uh, the results were not really there, and he's still, like, when he gets uncomfortable, he does dumb shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Am I not allowed to curse?
0: You're not. You're, you just made me have to beep something, but uh, that's oh, okay. okay.
1: Did Keep you, you want to just rewind it? I could just say he does a lot of dumb stuff.
0: Yeah, well, that's fine. I'm I'm keeping all the things. because I think it's funny. People like this. Okay. <laughs> According <laughs> to <the> data, <laughs> yeah, most people are yeah, tuned yeah. out by I this mean, point anyway. So it's, it's fair,
1: right? He does dumb stuff a lot. Uh <laughs> and that's really, in a lot of ways, a fitting way to put it. But uh he doesn't when like it when he plays in a structure, this happens to him defensively as well. I think it's true on both ends. Him is a, as a player, he needs a lot of structure around him. When it's when it's straightforward, he's able to do things well. Uh, even then, he gets a little crazy. Like we still get the occasional okay, one too many dribbles on those post up. The double comes too quickly, and it's a really ugly turnover. Uh, that's still happening. But he's spraying out passes. He's making good decisions. He's decisive, which is really important. There's no more of those uh, trademark Julius Randle like where he gets a catch and shoot three. and He pump fakes and then drives, and the defender doesn't bite, and the sequence is over. He's shooting the ball confidently. His shot profile has changed. I don't think he's really taking any walk long range mid rangers really at all maybe one or two a game uh he had like a banker you know sometimes on the post up he goes to that to try to draw the fouls um but none of those like 18 footers seem to be there anymore he's going to the rim a lot he's getting fouled more and he's finding his place in the offense and i think they're finding places for him he plays off runs in pretty well uh and the results are showing it's honestly really it's really great to see because he, it was all mental with him. It was always mental with him, right? We've seen him do this before. He did it for a whole season. There were just no fans there. And that means something. Um, that tells me that it's probably a mental thing. And that's kind of just how the NBA is. People are always better in an open gym than they are in an NBA game. So that comes with the territory. But when it's mental, it's nice to see a guy kind of put it together, you know? And obviously, it could go south tomorrow. Who knows? But so far, he's like, honestly great. Played great defense tonight.
0: Yeah, he really did. You know, I think outside of those free throws, another, another thing that really stood out to me was he got he got mad. And, I, you know, I understand a lot of his defensive struggles when they do happen, happen more with communication with yeah. his teammates than they do necessarily with, like, one-on-one situations. Exactly. Nonetheless, it was still pretty impressive to see him get matched up one-on-one with Halliburton, who's been, quite frankly, great this season. And, like completely shut him down on one of the game's, like, most important possessions. He can do when, it. He can do yeah, it. He can. And, you know, it's all he needs to, to be is motivated. To the point on that shot profile, too, I think you're right. And Gavin pointed this out on a recent podcast, too. He looked up some of the numbers and, like, Randall has shot significantly less uh, of those long twos this year.
1: Yep. And it's, it's pretty much, like, it like, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he's shooting more threes. And, yep. and not... Right. And at like a more middling percentage, but it's helping his like true shooting yep. and stuff because exactly. more threes shot at a pretty good like league average or so is better than shooting a bunch of long twos at better than league average, but still not good, yep. you know? Um, and so, you know, he's sort of like in many ways, like hardened or m- more or whatever you want to call his, his shot profile. And it's it's really working, you know. I think it's finally starting to pay off now. That the threes are finally going down. Like when you're yeah. shooting twenty-five percent from three, okay, yeah. Maybe you know, it's like, yeah, maybe maybe cut down on one or two of those a game. When he's shooting as well as he is right now, it, it looks pretty good. Um yeah. Zach, are there uh we're pretty much reaching towards the end of the, the podcast here? It's so easy to gush for like thirty-five minutes about this oh. thing right now. Um, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to touch on before we get going?
1: Oh No, I do, do. Well, I guess the one thing would be the team defense. It turns out that all of the young guys play good defense. And it turns out when you play good defenders together, the team has a good defense. I know maybe the numbers were like average when they give up like 106 in the end tonight. But yeah, Indiana was hitting some stuff where you're like, that's not. I mean, it's kind of like you just toss up your hands. Um, What was his name? Uh, the guy who went off who averages eight points per game. Neesmith, right? Neesmith. Mm-hmm. He was hitting some kind of garbage or he just kind of shrug his shoulders. You know what I mean? These animals or it's like, eh, I don't know. Uh, and still only gave up 106. I thought their defense was fantastic. Their defense has been a big part of this win streak on the road uh, because they play only good defenders. Rose and Fournier are out of rotation. Cam, although he should be a good defender, really isn't. Is a big part of those communication issues. And having Grimes back is huge. These guys communicate well on defense. It looks in a lot of ways... Like the 2020, 2021 team. It really does.
0: Yeah. And for what it's worth, I mean, today's NBA 106 is not a bad number anymore. Yeah, I exactly. mean,
1: yeah.
0: It, that 106 points is the second best per game defense in the NBA this year.
1: Would it really be? Wow. Yep. See, even I didn't even realize how far it had gone. There you go. So it was yep. a good defense, even though it could have been better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Cavs currently giving up 104.6 points per game for best in the league. Wow. Uh next is the Clippers at 107.6, then the Sixers at 108.1, Bucks at 108.4, and the Heat at 109 to even out the the Knicks top are five. climbing
1: that defensive rating chart
0: again. Yep. yep. And this is and this is just per game. So this isn't like yep. defensive rating, but the Knicks at 13 13th, 13th currently in points per game given up at 112.4, which that has gone down drastically in the last yep few weeks because i think like two two and a half maybe three weeks ago they were at like 116 and now they're at 112 so that's that's working its way down so another great defensive performance for the knicks and uh, another great podcast performance for one zach delizio i gotta say <laughs> nice uh, one. that was good <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. uh zach do you have anything you want to promote before we uh get rolling here and get going for the night
1: uh no we do a film watching session on on uh, discord for the strickland uh that's something me and schwinn have started doing but other than that
0: no it was just uh, follow me on twitter i guess yeah so check out uh the strickland's patreon which is at patreon.com slash the strickland where you can yeah a uh, new new feature uh zach and schwinn have started re-watching some games on there from time to time and providing like some after the fact commentary, uh, re breaking down because we all know you got to watch it at least two to three times. If these good <laughs> tips. Correct.
1: We're watching it. One, it's one of the five times we rewatch each game. So we wanted yeah. to bring the people in on it.
0: It's it's the fifth time. So we make sure that we have everything <laughs> locked down. Um, but yeah, definitely check that out uh, if you subscribe to the Strickland Patreon. If you don't, check out the Strickland Patreon. So you can get all kinds of good stuff there. So yeah. not that I have anything to do with that at all. Uh, of course. Anyway, thank you all for listening to this episode of Locked on Knicks. We'll have a couple more game recaps for you guys this week. Uh, maybe a guest or something. I don't know. We got, we got some cool stuff coming up. So keep your ears out. Keep your eyes out. Till next time, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all soon. Peace out.